growing in God's Word and learning how to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. We're going to read a story. We're going to sing about it. We're going to hear about it. We're going to read a story about a little girl who showed amazing faith and how you and I could all do very well, would do very well, to demonstrate or to display in our lives the faith that she had. Have you ever had an event or circumstance that completely turned your world upside down? Have you ever been in a situation where you felt that you were completely alone in your faith in God's ability to work everything out? Most of us probably have to some degree, but trust me, none of us have ever experienced a world-changing event like a young girl from Nazareth named Mary. I, I freely confess, this is, a, this is a whopper. This is a big one, right? Mary says, I, I'm, I'm a virgin. You've just said that I'm going to bear a child. And you're, listen, listen, good news. God specializes in the impossible. Hello and welcome to a special Christmas Eve edition of Crosswalk. For a number of weeks now here at Cross Culture Church, we've been in a series entitled Alone. We've been looking at biblical characters who faced a circumstance or situation in life alone. Pastor Clay has been showing us what we can learn from each of them that we can apply to our lives. So on Christmas Eve, it's only appropriate that we spend a few moments with one of the main characters in the Christmas story, Mary. As Pastor Clay is going to explain, Mary must have felt all alone in her faith based on what the angel had told her about God's plan to redeem the world. Thanks for joining us. Now here's Pastor Clay. It is an act of faith when you get on an airplane uh, and fly somewhere with a pilot uh, that you know nothing about and the mechanic who takes care of that plane who you know nothing about and an air traffic controller who's guiding that plane who you know nothing about. I've always wondered, did the, does the guy that's flying the plane I'm on the, the, or the lady, he or she, that's flying the plane that I'm on, did that, were they like the guy, when they went to get their pilot's license, were they like the guy that just, you know, barely passed his driver's license, you know, or, or had to take it more than once? Y'all, did any of y'all maybe had to take your driver's license more than once? That, it's, it's an act of faith. The faith, faith that the, that the surgeon knows what he's doing. Faith that the police officer or the firefighter, the first responder is going to come to our aid when we need them. Faith is something that we use in our lives really all the time. So we have to dispense of this notion that Faith is only something that is religious uh, in its connection. Having said that, however, faith is an important part of our belief, what we believe about about God, what, what we believe who he is and how he interacts in our life and what that means for our life. Faith is an important part of that. In fact, uh, some of you are familiar with this passage of Scripture. The writer of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, says this. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. A couple of weeks ago in this series that we're doing here at Cross Culture called Alone, uh, I made mention of the fact that in a moment of, of crisis, right, in a, a, a threat that a, one of God's prophets, a man by the name of Elijah, received a threat from a woman named Jezebel. And, um, and I made a comment that, uh, that I said that when, when Elijah heard the comment, when he heard that she threatened him and said that you're going to be dead by this time tomorrow, he turned and ran like a little girl. If y'all here, you remember I said that? And I said at the time, I said, that's, I don't mean that to be insulting to little girls. I'm just saying that that's not what you would expect 
from this prophet of God who had just the day before stood against so many uh, in the name of God. Well, tonight, we're going to read a story. We're going to sing about it. We're going to hear about it. We're going to read a story about a little girl who showed amazing faith and how you and I could all do very well, would do very well, to demonstrate or to display in our lives the faith that she had. Of course, her name is Mary. The story is found in the book of Luke. Chapter 1, and beginning in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. She was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You would stand and sing this with us.
have a seat. Uh, you know, I mentioned a moment ago that uh, I referred to Mary as a little girl. And you may be thinking, uh, well, she was old enough uh, to marry, to get married, and that's true. But in the Jewish culture of that time, uh, women tended to marry much younger. Mary was almost certainly somewhere around 13, 14, no more than 15 years of age when she got uh, the news from the angel. And I said a second ago that we could all do well to emulate, uh, to, to uh, live out the faith that Mary demonstrated in her life, even as this young girl. And from the story that we just read a moment ago, I want to just uh, this evening share four words with you. I'll have more words than that. I'm sure y'all know that. But based on four words that, are, that we see there in the Christmas story, that we can apply to our lives and the faith that we have. First word that we're looking at tonight is this. It's obscurity. Uh, In verses 26 and 27, it said this. It said, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Mary was a nobody from nowhere. And that's not an insult, that's simply a reality of the world in which Mary lived. Nazareth was such an obscure town that it's never even mentioned, not one single time in the Old Testament. The the town is not even mentioned. It was far from Jerusalem, and really any major city or town for that matter. It was in the southern part of the region of Galilee, which was in the northern part of Israel. But it was too far from the Sea of Galilee to, to see much uh, wealth or, or business or income from the fishing industry. It was so remote and desolate, so nowhere, that when Philip found Jesus and became convinced that he was the Messiah, and he went to a guy by the name of Nathaniel, and he said, Nathaniel... We've found the the one that Moses and the prophets wrote about. In other words, we found the Messiah. And then he says, then Philip says his name. He says, he's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathanael says, can anything good come from Nazareth? That That was the town in which Mary was born into, into complete and utter obscurity. But hey, here's what I want to say to you tonight. Obscurity does not exist in the vocabulary of God. It does not exist in God's vocabulary, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to me, young ladies, gentlemen, uh, wherever you are in your life, it doesn't matter who you are or who you're not in this society. It doesn't matter the wealth you have or do not have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter if you live in a city of millions or you come from a town so, so small that the flashing light is the main intersection in town. It doesn't matter if, if you have all the gifts and talents in the world or you don't think that you have any. God can meet you where you are in your life. God can use you in your life right where you are. You are not obscure in the eyes of God. God can meet you. God can use you to accomplish purposes and plans in your life that you can't even imagine as Mary discovered in her life. Stand and sing this with us.
sound as you're singing go ahead and be seated again and y'all just sound wonderful as you're singing thank you for singing out to the lord tonight the second word uh, that i want us to look at is the word uncertainty in verses 28 to 34 look what the story says and coming in meaning the angel he said to her greetings favored one the lord is with you exclamation point but she was very what's that next word perplexed As you can imagine, anyone might be when an angel shows up in your room. 
But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? For I am a virgin. I don't know about you, but most of the times in my life when, when there's an uncertainty, if something's going on or I'm, I'm not sure what direction it's going or what God is up to or, or what's happening in my life, or, and it could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be financial, it could be whatever. But y'all ever have uncertainty in your life? I, don't, I didn't even ask that. Maybe, maybe I should. Y'all probably just never have uncertainty, do you? <laughs> what I have discovered in, in my life, most times when I have uncertainty, uh, I'm wanting more information from God. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, uh, maybe God, God, could you give me a little bit more? Uh, could I have a little more information about this? A little more clarity on this situation? Now, uh, God obviously has his reasons for not, you know, just laying it all out there uh, for us. Uh, one, A, because I think he, he knows if he just told us all ahead of time what was fixing to happen, it, it'd scare us to death. And... B, I've said this several times over the last few weeks, God is always trying to stretch our faith. Always, always. And sometimes like, let up, God, okay? But he's always trying to stretch our faith. He's always trying to, to, to push us to a new level of where we are in our walk with him. And so uh, keeping us walking by faith uh, is an important uh, part of that. So most times I'm looking for more information from God. But in this case, it seems to me that Mary probably felt a little bit of information overload. I mean, God really kind of dumped a lot of information on her at one time for this 13, 14, 15-year-old little little girl to suddenly, you know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking that she's like, okay, what? Uh, five minutes ago, I was I was cleaning my room. Now you're telling me I, I'm, I'm going to, to give birth to the Son of God? And he's going to reign on the throne of his father, David. And there'll be no, no end to his kingdom. I found favor in, in God's sight. It's, it had to be a lot, right? Can you comprehend what it must have been like to receive that kind of information? And I'm quite sure that there, there, there had to be some uncertainty in Mary's life. Now, God didn't give all the details and how everything was going to work itself out and all that. So there was still going to be an act of faith was going to be going on here. But, but she received a lot of information and with it came a lot of questions, and I'm sure a lot of uncertainty in our life. It's okay to have uncertainty in our lives. We stand at the precipice of the end of one year and the launch of a new year, right? 2017 is just around the corner. I mean, this is, this is it, right? And we're going into 2017, and we already know, those of us who have lived long enough know that 2017 is going to bring its own set of issues and problems and struggles and circumstances and trials and, and all the stuff that, that life brings, right? And, and, and sidebar, included with that, may be some of the stuff that we're still dealing with from 2016 that we'll have, just have to carry on in with us into the new year. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? And there might be a little bit of uncertainty in your life. It's okay to have uncertainty in your life. Uncertainty is not 
a, a lack of faith. It, it may just be a lack of information. It may just be a lack of clarity. And God will bring that in his timing as he needs to. But I'm just saying to you tonight, uh, even as Mary had it, it, it's okay to sometimes be uncertain about where you are or what's going on. Uh, God's not afraid of your questions. Y'all all right with that? God's not afraid with your question, of your questions as long as you're okay with his answers. Which sometimes may not line up with exactly what we want to hear or how we think it should turn out. If we can be okay with, with the fact that God is sovereign and God knows best and God will work something out and it may not be the same way I think it's best, then we'll be moving in the right direction. It's okay to have uncertainty in your life.
Hey, the third word is a big one in our life sometimes. Sometimes. Third word is impossibility. In verse 35 and following, uh, the story picks up. The angel answered and said to her, remember she's just asked, she's just said, uh, 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 by the way, did I mention that I'm a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who is called barren is now in her sixth month, and here it is, for nothing will be impossible with God. Would you turn to someone near you, or if nobody near you, say it to yourself, but you say it out loud to them, nothing, say it right now, nothing will be impossible with God. I, I freely confess, this is, a, this is a whopper. This is a big one, right? Mary says, I, I'm, I'm a virgin. You've just said that I'm going to bear a child and you're going to... Listen, listen. I've got good news. God specializes in the impossible. He, he really does. He really does. God specializes. Hear that at the end of 2016 and ready to embark on 2017. Hear that today. God specializes in the impossible. Whatever's in your life, whatever's going on, whatever, you know, it's just, it's, it's not impossible for God. He has his purpose and plan for everything, but it's understanding that, 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 yeah, it is worth celebrating. That's right. Thank you. That nothing is impossible for him. Can I just remind you real quickly of just a couple of passages of scripture that just uh, speak to this fact way back in the Old Testament uh, in Genesis chapter 18. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Ah, that's a pretty good answer. I, I would give it a little more resoundingly if I were you. <laughs> How about this one in Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven? Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? No. Uh, you're getting better. You're getting better. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 8. Thus says the Lord of hosts, If it is too difficult in the sight of the remnant of this people in those days, will it also be too difficult in my sight, declares the Lord of hosts? No. no. No, and that's what God's saying there in Zechariah. It may look impossible to you in this case, in that context, as the nation of Israel. It may be impossible to you that you could go back in the land or that could be rebuilt or that, that, that this could happen. It might look impossible to you, but it's not impossible to me. It's not impossible for me. Whatever it is in your life, whatever it is you face, listen, God specializes in the impossible. Michael and Connor Martin are coming to read some scripture to you. days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. 
and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them.
word is victory. Victory. And here's how it happens in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. There it is right there, ladies and gentlemen. Victory is always obtained through obedience. And when it comes to God, that's the only way it's obtained. I forget how I put it, but I think I've got a little thing up here. Obedience is the key to victory in your life. Whatever it is, if it's, if it's relational or if it's uh, financial or if it's uh, social or work or, or whatever it is, and, and, and you want victory in your life in that, in that situation, it, as God defines victory, okay? Now, we don't define it. As God defines victory. It only comes as we submit and surrender ourselves to Him. That's, that's the deal. That, that's, that's the way... God operate, to seek his will and his understanding of a particular situation and to be willing to say, okay, God, okay, I I probably won't get this right all the time, but God, I want to submit myself to you in my life. God, whatever, whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, uh, I want to submit to you in this area of my life or that area of my life. God, if it's, if it's anger that I want to have victory over, or if it's, if it's something that I'm struggling with, with a, uh, some type of temptation or God, I'm going to submit myself to you as you reveal yourself in your word. And as you reveal yourself uh, to me based on your word, God, I'm going to place myself under your authority. Victory comes as we Submit ourselves to Him in obedience. Addison and Samantha Thomas are coming to read a passage of Scripture to you now. shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Amen. 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 Let's uh, let's stand and uh, and worship God and uh, give him thanks for for that scripture we just read.
Thank you all so much for being here tonight. Thank you for uh, all that you mean and, and do for Cross Culture Church. Thank you for looking forward to what God is going to do in 2017 in your lives. We're wishing you all a very, very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, I just want to end by, with this. Uh, you know, we, uh, we do an arrangement of Silent Night. It's a little more upbeat right here. And I love that arrangement, and I love that we do it. But I asked Matt that I wanted to close out this service with just, with just the old-fashioned Silent Night. So if y'all will, I don't know if you're around anybody, if you want to get near somebody, you want to hold somebody's hand, or, or whatever the case may be, but we're just going to we're gonna sing Silent Night, and then uh, you're on your way. Very Merry Christmas to all of you guys. We will not be meeting tomorrow morning. Uh, no services tomorrow. We will be meeting New Year's Day next Sunday. Hope you can come out and be with us. Looking forward to what God's going to do in 2017. Y'all ready to sing? Y'all been, y'all been doing great. Y'all sung so well. Let's go, Matt. Silent night, a holy night, all is calm, all is bright, around your virgin mother and child. about how Mary must have initially felt. Who would possibly believe her when she told them she was pregnant but had not been with a man? Despite her obscurity and uncertainty and the impossibility of it all, Mary chose victory. She chose to believe God, and she demonstrated her faith by submitting to God's will for her life. As Pastor Clay explained in today's message, obedience is the key to victory in our lives. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. Pastor Clay is the author of the book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. My prayer is that God would use it to help some people understand a few things about what it really takes to live in the promises of God. God wants you to live a life of peace and purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment and contentment. He wants you to live a life without fear and without anxiety. Many people at some point in their life feel disconnected with the type of life and faith they read about in the Bible and what their lives look like on a daily basis. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we're not getting. If I'm not really living in the promises of God, why is that? That's what this book explores. I Get It is available online in electronic versions for the Nook and Kindle, as well as paperback from Amazon.com. And ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore. You can go in bookstores and just say, hey, uh, have you got a book in here uh, entitled I Get It from Clay Stevens? They can order this book out of their catalogs that they get. Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. 
God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Our desire is to be used by God to show people that a life built on the finished work of Christ on the cross is where they will find what they're searching for. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross. A new church for people like you. Cross Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross.